It's February 27th, 2017. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. I'm Yannick. I'm here too. <laughs> and this is Pixels Weekly. <laughs> you forgot how it goes. I think that was perfect. I didn't know if you guys really were going to introduce me later or what. <laughs> well, we leave it open. We like to see what how people react to that type of thing. And you, I think that was perfect. Joining us on the show today, my brother Curtis. <laughs> Curtis. Oh, welcome. that's who that is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Well, I guess welcome back, right? Third or fourth time, I think. When now. is the last time you were on? Was it the E3 stuff or was it again after that? I think I was on once after E3 in an episode that you weren't here in. Oh, wow. Well, that explains why I wouldn't listen to that. That sounds awful. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> the show without me? Oh, my God. But the um, show that you edited but didn't participate in. <laughs> you yeah, did hijack that it. episode. That's, that's the, the abject worst. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> welcome to the show, everybody. We're Pixels Weekly, a weekly video game podcast that comes out to make you smile. And uh, we got a lot we're talking about today, including toys and merchandise and uh, all of the sort of periphery of video game collectibles. Uh, but first, we start off the show with what's in the news and what we're playing. It's the HodgePodge. What have people got this week for Hodgepodge? I'm still playing Yoshi's Woolly World. Yeah, I gotta find, I gotta remember to charge the 3DS. Mm -hmm. And then I play the game, and I'm yeah. like, oh, Poochie's so cute. <laughs> Speaking of Nintendo, Pokemon Day today, February 27th. Future us are having such a good time. Oh, wow. Happy Pokemon Day. Why is it a Pokemon Day? <laughs> what, is Pokemon Day? Day? what is Pokemon Day? What is Pokemon Day? Yeah. Pokemon Day is commemorating the 1996 release date of the first two Pokemon games in Japan. Oh, in Japan. What? So should I dress up as a Pokemon? Yes. Ooh. At work? Preferably okay. Pikachu. Okay, thanks. Wait, I everybody, mean, stop okay. talking. Stop it. Topic change. What Pokemon would you dress up as? <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, know about Curtis first. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. You have to pick someone else. <laughs> this wait, is the new we game. have to pick who the other person would dress up as? You have to. Right. So we'll start with Curtis. And you have to pick one of us and what Pokemon we are. I'll pick uh, Yannick, and I think uh, he should be Pseudo-Wudo. <laughs> well, hold on. No, so you know how it is for me, right? Because that exercise is pretty complicated. I don't know the English names of all the Pokemon. Because yeah. I grew up with like the French names of the Pokemon. We talked about it before in the show. That's fine. So I, I don't know the English names. Well, I don't think Pseudo-Wudo is an English name either. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I want, I want you... No, I know. That's why. That's why it's very complicated. Hold on. So I need you to un tell me, like, is it one of the first 150 or is that one of the no. new shitty fancy no. ones? I mean, it's not one of the newest ones, but that was back probably <laughs> Game Boy Advanced. Okay, how do you spell it? I'm going to type it S-U-D-O-W-O-O-D-O. There Yo, is no less than four O's. Why? He's so tall <laughs> and disgusting. He has a nice butt, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's because Yannick, instead of fingers, you only have three green orbs on your hands. So yeah, that's that's, that's no. So I guess it's accurate. Makes Curtis, it very hard for him to type. <laughs> Curtis, how do you even know about Pseudo Wuda? Did you? I don't. I think back in the day, I think you played my Pokemon game for like a few hours, and I ended up with this Pseudo Wudo, which was like just this kick-ass Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. this, this like tree guy. There I don't know. I'm going to maybe didn't... try and make this the cover of Pixels Weekly, but Pseudo Wudo <laughs> has a butt. He's got a butt. 
Like he's a tree, <laughs> but he kind of looks like a hot dog holding <laughs> holding like watermelons or something. And he's got like a distinct thigh and butt area that I think is really great. Pseudo Wudo. Okay. Yeah, if like Diglett became a tree and had the the orb fingers. That is what it's like, isn't it? So Yannick, you were picked by Curtis. You're next. Uh, okay. So Sandy, for me, you're a Psyduck. Oh. So like, you know, in that pause when he hold his head, I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's like she doesn't know what she's doing here, but she's, you know, has extremely powerful and dangerous powers. All right. Get uh, me. Come at me. Um, Don't be afraid to go Alolan. When I think of you, I think more of like, like an Arcanine, like a cute little puppy kind of thing. Arcanine? Oh, that's very nice. I wanted that. I love it. Why did you say that I wanted for me? That. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't it mine? I <laughs> well, because I don't know what that is, and I'm going to Google it right now. I think Arcanine <laughs> is beautiful and majestic, and I think it's a huge compliment yeah. that you let me be Arcanine. It's a beautiful oh, yeah. fur. I mean, we all know that Ryan has a beautiful fur. I have beautiful fur. If I'm thinking Curtis here, Litten becomes Cat. Yeah. That's the one. Cat. I'll take it. So now we've established what everybody's Pokemon is. <laughs> you can go back to <laughs> telling us about Pokemon Day. Pokemon Day. So the Pokemon Center has four exclusive like little toys. They're each going to retail for $16.99. If they sell out, you can go to eBay and pay more. <laughs> Hundreds. <But> it, <laughs> or thousands. <laughs> they're actually the four fan favorites. So it's Eevee, Pikachu, Magikarp, and Mew. Are those the fan favorites? Magikarp Eevee, definitely is. Pikachu, and Mew. Magikarp's a surprise. He's not cute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's not cute. I think my Magikarp is, like, iconic when you think of the Pokemon. It's iconic. He's a top five Pokemon, for top sure. Top five? Who was your top five Pokemon? Well, I don't think it can be anyone other than Charmander, Bulbasaur, Pikachu, whomever, and Squirtle, and then... I guess Magikarp is, is the fifth <laughs> slot. Is. He, was, he was about to say, he, remember he was on a podcast and he was about to say, what should we call it? <laughs> All right, let's do my hodgepodge next. Okay. Well, everybody gets seated, okay? Everybody gets seated because Ryan's upset. <laughs> if you all recall, If you all recall, during our New Year's resolution episode, I said I'm doubling down on Nintendo. Well... The abusive relationship has already begun because Nintendo announced that, well, they didn't announce, they were asked and finally admitted nine days before their new console comes out. I repeat, nine days that the Nintendo Switch will not have its virtual console at launch. What? What a surprise. What the fuck? Are you doing, Nintendo? Okay. Yeah, so remind us what Virtual Console is. Okay, yeah. So for people that don't know, Virtual Console is what Nintendo essentially calls access to any of their previous generation classic game. Currently underneath this umbrella is Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, Wii, and some weird ones like Sega Genesis and... Like is a, a not a is an Amiga on there, Sandy? There's it depends on which console you buy it on. So Nintendo has just botched Virtual Console number one. Every single from Wii when they started Virtual Console is when when I think they started Virtual Console, 
you had to buy all these games. Wii U came out. Guess what? None of your purchases transferred. You had to buy them all again. Then they had Virtual Console on 3DS. None of your purchases transferred. Guess what? If you want to play the game again, and you're paying, by the way, like 10 bucks for a Super Nintendo game, okay? Which is crazy. Then, (laughs) exactly. Then, (laughs) on top of it all, this was their chance to come out with a console that had Virtual Console from day one. Oh, and by the way, the games that were available on Wii and Wii U and 3DS are all different. They don't have the same Virtual Console library. That's absurd. It's it's mental. By the way, they made no comment or anything about it. People, some like me, wrongly assume that it's just Virtual Console. How hard could it be for them to have? Of course Nintendo couldn't get their shit together for March even though they've known that they're working on this Nintendo Switch thing for a very long time. Nine days before this console comes out, they say, by the way, it's not going to be there. Which, Asterix, gives me very little hope that all of the games I've already paid for, they're going to manage to transfer those over when they do become available. Nintendo can't get out of their own way. They just can't. No, like, everyone's pissed. It's, you do spend a lot of money on the virtual console games if you want to keep playing them. Yeah, you can have everything in one account now. Oh, psych, just kidding. It's all totally different. We lied. But is everyone pissed? I feel like the general, like, Nintendo fan slash the person that's going to buy a Nintendo console only cares about Zelda, the Mario games that are coming out for this console. That's it. I don't know how many people are going, they want to purchase the new Nintendo system in order to play all of, like, their old Super Nintendo favorites. You see, like... like it strikes me that, like, that's not the general Nintendo, like, target audience that, that would care about this. I totally understand where you're coming from with that. Here's why I think that this isn't necessarily the right takeaway. Because I read this article on IGN, and then, of course, there was a bunch of comments in the IGN section going, why are people buying a new console to play old games anyway? I want to say two things about this. Nintendo Switch, for the first X amount of weeks of its existence, is going to have essentially five games. So... If you don't like Zelda, now your option isn't even like, okay, well, do you like old Nintendo games? Just play those until the game you want comes out. Now it's just don't buy it. Don't buy the system. That's number one. Number two, we have never been able to play any classic Nintendo games on the go with a handheld, comma, this is the next part's very important, with a decent screen. The 3DS screen sucks. It's not HD. Everything looks horrible on it, in my opinion. I can't play it for more than like 20 minutes without going, why does it have to look this bad? (laughs) (laughs) And this was Nintendo's opportunity to be like, okay, well, do you like Mario Brothers? Yeah, remember that timeless game that everybody can continue to play and agree is good? Well, you can at least play that while you wait for a game to come out. You cannot be a not upset at them they are setting expectations there we've all been waiting for that keynote that we all remember yeah. and i remember specifically having them really being ex like really being explicit and giving us an exhaustive list of what's going to be here at launch and what game are going to come out later and even what feature are going to come out at launch and what feature are going to come out later for example we still haven't heard anything about the potential app that is supposed to let you communicate with other people while you're playing the Nintendo Switch. It's still yeah. not oh, you a mean messaging. A phone? Discord? It, 
a phone, a phone or Discord, but you know, it, there's supposed to be there's supposed to be something Nintendo made that they have explicitly, and I'm not blaming blaming them for not shipping it on launch. They just have announced it that it's coming out, and that's cool. They have told us it's not coming out at launch, although they have told us VC is coming out at launch, and now nine days before they're like, well. You know, marketing was a little bit too ballsy on that. We fucked up. Deadlines are messed up. This is not coming out. I understand that it's not. It's probably um, not a decision that's going to affect the sales. That being said, I mean, sales is not all of it. And then it's just classic Nintendo. Um, I personally don't... I wouldn't have cared that much if I were to purchase the, the Switch. All my friends that are getting the Switch are not that bothered by it. But if you're offering... If you're offering a package and you're letting us pre-order for that package and you're taking yeah. things away, you know, where's the limit? You know what I mean? Where's the limit? It's really upsetting. Exactly. I think we would have been okay with this announcement if we were able to get our hands on the uh, Super NES Classic Mini, the little mini thing that they were selling over the holidays. Oh, just the they NES would sell Classic. like hotcakes, but then they made like eight of them so yeah. that you'd have to spend exactly. $400 on it on eBay afterwards. Which is crazy because just... they get none of that $400. Like, they it's... don't. It's just everything they've done in the past like year is just continues to be classic Nintendo. Like they <laughs> still can't get online to work correctly. Like y Yannick just mentioned it. Like, oh, do they have an app where you can just talk to people? Probably not. The virtual console isn't there. They didn't make nearly enough of the Switch or the NES Classic. Like wh they just continue to do the same things. I don't know how you can be surprised or like even upset about it at this point. This is why for years I've just said like fuck it, I'm not buying from Nintendo. I don't care about one Zelda game enough to justify all of the shittiness that they do outside of that. I completely uh, you know, I completely now like there is no defending that argument to me. Like and you're right there, 100%. There's one thing I want to add cuz it made me remember and I've seen that I've seen this uh, this week a lot and uh when talking to people that haven't pre-ordered the the Nintendo Switch like me, I have my own personal reasons. I'm like others, I'm just not that into uh the Nintendo Switch, but I'd be happily surprised if Zelda is amazing. Apparently it looks yeah. like it's really amazing. I've heard like very good things about it so far. So I'm not worried about the Nintendo Switch, but I hate about I hate this excuse that comes out of people's mouths and comes out of the community of video games in general. People are now used to have the first version of a console being like un like I don't know, unfinished or just not good and they're just like I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait not because I'm not excited about Nintendo because I know that the first version of a hardware that has been long waited for. Knowing the history of the latest Nintendo consoles, I'm going to wait for this next one to be good enough and playable and have all these features available. Like, the, what the, world are we living in? It's it's a, it's supposed to be that beautiful package and with games coming no, in. And now I, every, that trend the, is is like, oh, I'm, I'm going to wait because the console might be broken at launch. Like, that's... It's I, not I, the I, console. It's the lack of software. It's the lack of games. Or that, There's, yeah. The Breath of the Wild, and then you buy the expansion pass, and that gives you a get um, a little chest. like map during the summer, and then another one during the winter. Yeah, and you have to buy them together. You can't buy them separately. Mm -hmm. The next game, the next title that comes out is Splatoon Two, that doesn't come out until later in the summer, mm -hmm. and then the next title is Mario during the during the holiday season. 
that's a pretty big gap for not having enough games. And I think that's what makes Nintendo there is upset. There is technically Mario Kart 8 coming out. In Which April. is just a, a redo of... Exactly. Right. You have Skyrim. <laughs> so yeah. I can finally not make at Skyrim now. We don't, we, there's no release <laughs> date. Oh, well, that's even better. You, guys, you know I'm waiting for that <laughs> FIFA, right? I'm waiting for that FIFA. Oh, this FIFA is going to be good. <laughs> By the way, apparently the FIFA is FIFA 18. So Ooh, at least they came crispy. out and said that. But... Oh. I've been thinking about this online app, Nintendo, for, for, for a couple of weeks now, ever since we started talking about the online app. And then I started thinking about how are you going to chat with people? Okay, the system doesn't have a microphone. Fine. Even though it's weird that a tablet doesn't have a microphone. It does have a headset, Jack. But apparently it doesn't, the system itself doesn't contain any features to talk to anyone. Instead, you got to go through your phone. So are you wearing a set of headphones to talk to people on your phone and a set of headphones to hear your game audio from the Switch? That's how the pros do it. Headphones over headphones. That is how they do it. And then they go into Pixel's Weekly Discord and talk to each other. <laughs> okay, Nintendo, I'm asking you an honest question. Who is this launch for? Because right now the only people it seems like it's for are investors to make sure that you close out by April looking good with your hardware sales because now the launch is not for people who love a ton of Nintendo games because there's really only kind of one or two coming out at launch and Zelda's the only one anyone cares about. It's not for people who like classic Nintendo games because they can't, even if they didn't carry over their purchases, they can't play any virtual console games on your console. It's not for, it's not even for Zelda fans because the same game is coming out on the Wii U, on the same day. So if you already have a Wii U, then just play it there. It's not even for someone who, like, if you're a huge Nintendo fan or a huge Zelda fan, you probably already have the Wii U. So just play it on Wii U. Like, who is this for? Yep. And the 1-2 anyway. Switch is also a full game. It's not bundled in with the console. 1-2 Switch should be free. It should come with a console, and they're charging $50 for it. I mean, you know, especially once you add in the fact that, like, they're charging these ridiculous prices for, like, just the controllers, like, the basic shit you need to use it. And, and, and there's no games. Like, it's just, like, when you actually step back and compare it to what Microsoft and Sony are doing, why would anyone ever buy it? They're, they just have years of everyone loves Mario and Zelda, and that's the only thing that they have it's like a vastly inferior product if this thing eventually say drops 50 dollars in price and has a ton of great games behind it which will take them years to amass then i could see like curtis you or you yannick going you know what i'll pick it up i'll pick it up it'll be kind of fun maybe i'll take it on a trip with me or i'll take it on a plane or a bus or whatever and i can play games like that yeah because there's compelling things about it there are compelling things. Yeah, about Splatoon it. land parties. What? Well, I don't know if that's what's compelling about it. The fact that it's mobile <laughs> is compelling. The fact that the Zelda game, so far, is I've heard only great things about it is compelling. Like, I, it's sort of cool to me to be able to play like even last year's or however long ago it was the most recent Mario Kart on the go. But like all of that is semi compelling to me because like I can just pick one up for whatever it costs and not be that upset. But a lot of people are in a position where they only have the money to buy one of these consoles, if that. And like, yes. why would you ever choose the Switch in that scenario? Not only that, but we're looking at something that when you plug it into your TV, and for a lot of people, this is really only going to be a home console. I I don't plan on taking it on the go a bunch. Maybe I will. Maybe I'm wrong. But 
I like to play on a couch with a controller. And Scorpio is going to be announced probably at E3 by Microsoft. And we're going to see an E3 filled with video games that look like they're running on high-end PC hardware, right? And a ton of games designed to take advantage of that hardware. This is why Microsoft probably moved their E3 day to being earlier so that every conference can now contain beautiful visuals running on the new console. And you're going to look at that next to, and as good as Zelda is, you look at Zelda and you go, it looks kind of like shit, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, I, I tr I've tried to ignore that because it's just sort of accepted at this point, but that's just always been the case. Nintendo gets along on really strong art direction, and I agree that the Mario and Zelda games are so art-directed and so specific, and their world is very realized, and nobody else makes games that look like Nintendo games, and I think that that's amazing for Nintendo. But as long as you continue to give your art teams shit hardware, it's just going to compound your problems. Nintendo, everything you're doing with a Switch launch, outside of the basic functionality of a console you can take with you, that people seem to like seems anti-consumer. It seems like you hate us. They're charging you $90 for a dock. Right, buying all the peripherals. They're charging you $90 for essentially an HDMI adapter. Yeah, I feel like we can go all night on this. We could go all night. Oh, we could. And, and we will. And in we the next will. four hours. No, <laughs> I love you, Nintendo. Eventually, the nostalgia will run out. And then two weeks ago, we'll be all loving sharing love over the the console and the new zelda so we had to balance it out a little bit and give a little bit of i mean zelda puppet. better be good it better be it better, it better be good be. right um my hodgepodge is a little bit of a i'm going to provide you with a little bit of a journey into game development um surprisingly all the planets aligned this week and decided to throw at me uh beautiful documents and videos at how um games are made and I just wanted to share a couple links, a couple of references with you all, because um, we, we always love to talk. And, and first of all, let me congratulate you, Ryan, for your appearance on the Sound of Play podcast. That was very nice to hear. If you guys have, if you Thanks, guys are, if you guys have never heard of Sound of Play, they're a good friend of us. You should check that out. The la latest episode is really remarkable. It's just, it's a nice journey through like the beautiful sounds of video games. It's 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 good nice. Music. And Ryan Hammond is 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 a best. Um, so I have, I have three links for you guys. Um, the first one is kind of like a random tweet that I found online, um, uh, from one of the content creators around anything Overwatch. And, um, it's a Vimeo YouTube. It's a Vimeo YouTube. That's, that's a thing now. It's a Vimeo, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Vimeo video, um, from, uh, our dear David Gibson, who is one of the, uh, animation designers at Blizzard. And he's the one who made the um, one of the May um, highlight intro, you know, like the intro when you get the play of the game with May um, called Frosty, uh, where she pretty much like frost the screen. Looks like she's frosting the screen and drawing a, f a smiley with her fingers. Um, and oh, they, yeah. Uh, and they made uh, he made like a time lapse of his uh, animation work on that, uh, I don't know how you really call that kind of like project, but he may, he, he time-lapsed the, um, the work on the animation of, uh, of May. And it kind of shows you all the needy greedy of how to make such a, such an intro. Of course, I think he's not showing us all the details, but it's a quick three minute video of how to, how to animate a character. And it, and it looks like, it looks like beautiful work as much as I don't know much about it, but it's, it's certainly interesting to see 
to dive into someone's everyday life. And even though we love those video games and we love to play all of them, it's probably one of the things in my in my life that I'm the most passionate about, but I have no idea what's like how it's made. Um, I work in tech and I pretty much, when I see a website or when I see an app, I can pretty much figure out how that thing has been built and what are the complex parts. When it comes to video games, I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy that stuff. I don't even think a second about the amount of work that is made behind it. So That's how I know you didn't get collector's editions because yeah. all of those have behind the scenes, which yeah. I've watched. <laughs> I, should, I, should, I should try to invest, right? Um, but props to David Gibson for sharing that. It's always a, a really well put insight and super interesting to watch. The second one is uh, a little um, clip from the Dice Summit uh, convention. Uh, one presentation by Jeff Kaplan, who is the game director um, at Blizzard, uh, game director of Overwatch. And uh, he's, um, the, the summit had a presentation, a really well put presentation, the whole archive uh, on YouTube. I, I'm going to put in the show notes, Ryan, I'm looking at you because it's in the document and I want people to see that. It's a six hour video and a lot of people are from the video game industry are coming on stage and sharing their, um, their work on how they create worlds in video game. And uh, even some some of them are talking about their technology on the um, uh, how do you call that? It's not. It's like Pokemon Go. What Pokemon should have been like the alternate reality, not alternate. Um, oh, augmented aug reality. Kind of like games. augmented, but it's kind of like a, even the Paris uh, subway company or transportation company is working with those apps where you can easily buy opening up your phone and turning on your app, you can easily rotate around and see all the subway stations and bus stops that are around you. Uh, so it kind of like shows you your surrounding augmented with panels and, and informations and stuff like that. And uh, one of the first presentation was made by Jeff Kaplan and he was pretty much telling, um, sharing with us how they created those maps and how they were inspired and, uh, I'll let you watch the clip. It's probably a 15, 20 minutes presentation. But one of the funniest clip was that they um, actually made Dorado, the Mexican, supposed to be Mexican map. And uh, they uh, basically, their research team on that, their design team before creating the map, were basically Googling colorful Mexican city uh, on Google and, and looking at Google images. And they looked at one image and they were like, this is it. This is exactly the kind of Mexican city we want to make. And uh, once they designed, made the game, released the game, someone came to them, one of the fans, I guess, a person from the community, and they were like, hey, you guys know that Dorado, the, 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 like, uh, one of the designers inside the team actually went and were like, you know Dorado, you, you based yourself off of a Google image. This Google image is from a city in Italy. Um, so he gave us like the way they kind of like put a lot of effort into creating those worlds and make them meaningful to the player and make them as diverse as possible. Um, so you should check that out. Definitely. And he said that the next time they're going to make a, an Italy map, they're going to make sure to base it off of a Mexican city so that they balance it out a little bit. Um, the last bit is a pre-order. You can pre-order a book called Blood, Sweat and Pixels. It's uh, written by one of the references I use the most on the show because I know he covers uh, mainly Destinies and, and a lot of FPSs and multiplayer games uh, at Kotaku. Uh, his name is Jason Schreier. And he's, um, his, mm -hmm. uh, he, he made a book called Blood, Sweat and Pixels uh, where he dives into the 
the journey of developing a video games. And so I guess he has a lot of insight. He, he has a lot of, I guess, sources and uh, wrote this book about uh, pretty much how like exploring the artistic uh, challenges, the technical impossibilities and the pressure from the market, you know, from the marketing team that the developers get. And so he dived into the development of games like Diablo 3, Destiny, The Witcher 3, Halo Wars, Uncharted 4 and many more. Um, and so he's just like his resources and his experience in going into those game development studios. And he wrote a, he's writing a book about all that sweat and making pixels. And I thought that since our name is Pixels Weekly, it would only be fair to mention that book. <laughs> to sue him. <laughs> him fucker. Um, so the game, uh, the, um, the game, sorry, the book is called Blood, Sweat and Pixels by Jason Schreier. The triumphant, turbulent stories behind how video games are made. And you can pre-order it for $10. Uh, for ebook and uh, I think it's $15 if you want the physical copy and it's going to be available on September 5th of this year it takes a little bit but it's worth picking up I'm going to pick it up you know what I thought was was really interesting about that uh, that David Gibson video is number one I could tell from it that he was using Maya um, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with Maya it used to be owned by somebody else but now it's uh it's owned by Autodesk, which is owned by Adobe. And if you'd like a Maya license, it's $185 a month. Ooh. <laughs> so I don't know if he's picking up that bill. Hopefully Blizzard is. And then he's also using a plugin for it uh, that I I'm always kind of loved 3D animation and messed around with this sort of stuff. So I was able to identify he's using Tween Machine, which essentially uh, allows you to sort of take different paths along the timeline and smooth them out and go from like hard mathematical lines and actually get like tweens in between them. So it was just, it was just interesting to see like blizzard, uh, you know, somebody in blizzard, like authoring using like a toolkit that while expensive, uh, you could go get a free one month trial and you can get experience using it. And, you can be using the same stuff that literally, you know, the highest end games are built on. That's great. I'm going to do that right now. Just kidding. I lack <laughs> any kind of artistic talent whatsoever. Well, you can use Blender, and Blender's free. So that's always Well, it's good. funny when you see that video because you're like, faces. oh, next time you see the frosty animation, just remember that even the nose moves with the animation, which is, you know, kinda like detail-oriented yeah. kind of stuff that you kind of... Just stop by for a second. It's like, oh yeah, you gotta make the move, the the nose move as well. I know that Curtis will be focusing yeah. like that when he gets play of the game next time. Oh, you know it. <laughs> My nose gonna be moving all over the place. Yeah. But, the th but the chances are that you won't be getting it with May. Uh, well, who knows, right? You're getting it, killing May. Yeah, that's right. Ooh, I I just like, I like that doing art stuff. I love to see him going like. First, he kind of plots out the major motions, right? She's going to kind of wipe on the left, wipe on the right, then her finger comes out, and then, like, writes a little bit, and then it goes down or whatever. And then from there, he really goes in moment for moment and says, all right, this is when we have to articulate the hand and make it go left to right and all that stuff. And so it starts off, like, less specific, 
right? It starts with that macro view, and then it gets more and more micro, all the way down to, like you said, Yanni, him articulating parts of the eyebrows yeah. and the nose mm-hmm. and stuff and, and blinking, um, which is just really cool. Really, really cool. Curtis, I know you don't necessarily have any hodgepodge, but what are you up to? Uh, all right, well, I've sort of plotted out my next month or so of, of video gaming here. Uh, this weekend, my my renewal of my WoW subscription is coming to an end, so it was nice to jump back in there, see some of the stuff they've added from a couple months break I've taken. They've done a good amount of things to like help to level up your alt characters quicker, which was nice to see coming back, and they're adding flying soon, so I'm sure I'll be back sometime oh, in thank the next God. couple months. Um, and then Tuesday is Horizon Zero Dawn, which... Had, I've just been hyping so much more than I ever expected because I keep hearing good things. <laughs> and I read one review that was like, oh, it looks like it's basically Far Cry, except the person said it as if that was a bad thing. But to me, it sounds great. Um, so I expect my next couple weeks are going to be a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn. And then and then pretty soon that Mass Effect Andromeda EA Access demo is going to be dropping. So... Uh, a lot of exciting things coming down the pipe here, which I'm looking for. That's awesome, man. We had a little resting time, but I follow you on that. Next week, we'll be hearing about... Make sure you'll be hearing about uh, Horizon next week on the show. That's for sure. Count on me on that. Oh, I, I cannot wait for this game. It's, every gameplay clip I see looks so good. and I'm... Yeah, we got to talk about Horizon for a second because, like, I very rarely feel this way about a video game, but, oh, my God, do I want to play Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like it... It looks great graphically, like the animations of all. It's getting tens. Oh yeah, you know, like it's getting like super high. And you just you'll see a clip of like the the main character fighting like some, you know, robot dinosaur antelope thing, and like just the animations look beautiful. Uh, Yannick even posted a clip of like when you turn around on the horse, like your character actually like moves her legs over the horse rather than like them just sort of ignoring that and like not showing it to you. Like flipping off. Yeah, the, the attention to detail <laughs> looks amazing. Like it's it looks like it's going to be one of the best looking console games I've seen since probably like Uncharted Four, and then like you add on top of all of that that it's basically like a Far Cry Four style of gameplay, or at least that's what it seems to be. And I love that. And I've been waiting for another game like that. Unfortunately, like Far Cry Primal was pretty terrible. But this 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 yeah. just looks like everything I want, and I I can't wait. I'm like considering just calling in sick Wednesday or something just to play this thing. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm really excited for it. So I've been hyped on Horizon for a while, and essentially what happened was I was kind of holding off because I was like, oh, you know, there's going to be Zelda and the Switch and everything happening on Friday of next week, too. Right? Everything's kind of crashing all at once. and And suddenly I just had this, like, moment come over me where I was like, especially with the virtual console stuff that I complained about earlier, I almost, now the Switch can actually be bad and I will still be happy with Horizon. (laughs) I think the second I saw the first review come out of Polygon, I just immediately went on Best Buy's website and was like, yep, I'll take one. And I pre-ordered it. Yep, I did that with uh, the Amazon bonus. So that should arrive day it comes out. That's awesome. And I got the collector's edition. Suck it. Of course you did. And because I, it comes with a figure, and Sandy think, would never uh, not get some sort of action figure or 
related thing. I think that more than um, talking about it on the show next week, I'm I already told uh, uh, everybody around me and my girlfriend, including that I will probably spend a a couple <laughs> of hours on release day that I'm gonna have to play this game a lot because I want to produce my first blog post on our pixelsweekly.com blog. Uh, to review nice. the game, so I'll, you'll get my little insight. I'll try to make it a little bit different because you've seen probably a lot of reviews. I'll try to just share more my experience and and some little needy details that are that I'm that will be probably excited about. But excited to dump, jump into a new open world game. It's been a while. Yeah, dog. Robot dinosaurs. What? Yeah. I think it's time for a break. <laughs> Let's take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna be talking about video game merchandise, and we're gonna be talking about video game toys. And we're going to be lecturing Sandy as to why she bought the collector's edition. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait. All right. We'll see you soon. Hey, Sandy and Yannick. Hey. Hello. Have you guys heard of this new fangled thing called Discord? The Discord? What? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's just like an internet telephone. Wait. The buttons on it or the one that, you know. It's called Yeah, Discord. the numpads, right? Oh, it'll make you numb. <laughs> 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 I wasn't ready for this one. I'll tell you, Discord is actually a place where you can chat with us. Yeah, that's right, the hosts of Pixels Weekly. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. But I have a question. Is it going to work on my smartphone? You better believe it, sister. You can do that through the app. Just go to pixelsweekly.com and click on the join link right on the homepage, and you can be chatting with us today. We'll see you there. Yay! And today's topic is my favorite because it's still my birthday. Just kidding, it's not. It's not my birthday. No, it's, it's not your birthday still. <laughs> uh, but we are going to talk about my favorite thing, which is toys and collectibles and why I had to pre-order the collector's edition of Horizon Zero Dawn. I wanted the okay, statue. Okay. Why did you want the statue? To, to put it on my shelf. To be honest, I've been anticipating this moment for uh, since we planned this topic together this week, and I, 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 because the only thing I'm really interested in is how many toys between your office and your apartment do you have, Cindy? I know you don't have the answer. Come up with a number. Satisfy me here because I can't wait and all I right. need to know. Let me. I take pictures of my desk all the time, so let's see. I have three, four. Seven. Let's say I have twenty toys on my desk, right? Okay. Uh, okay. Feels like a lot. Twenty. Okay. Feels like 20. a lot. Twenty. Let's. I get maybe about ten a month. Yeah. Oh, woof. So ten. Since you're born, okay. Ten so toys a since month. Since you're born, okay. You're forty-five years old. All right. Forty-five That's... by okay. Twelve <laughs> by ten. Okay. That's one hundred and twenty. I've been collecting. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait. Yannick just kept saying math. Just saying okay. He gave it's no it's forty. It's, it's a forty. Forty. Okay. okay. And then a thousand. Okay. And a thousand. Okay. I probably have. Maybe a thousand. Well, remember the topic about too many games. I think it, we can say now too many collectibles. Too many toys. <laughs> too many. I toys. should I should take inventory. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No kidding. Okay, let's talk about video game collectibles for a second. Like I don't buy a lot of video game collectibles. Occasionally I will. For example, I am. Let's talk about maybe video game collectibles we might be a sucker for. I am unfortunately an amiibo collector. <laughs> not a hardcore one but 
Breath of the Wild's coming out, and I think I'm getting all the amiibo for it. So, does anybody have anything like that here? I you didn't hear that uh, they don't work Yannick? with Nintendo Switch for the first six months of the release, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Here we go back again. The circle of life. By the way, I, I did crunch the math while we were talking, and even if you've only been having this habit for five years, Sandy, you've amassed at least 650 different videos. Sounds right. I, I've seen pictures of that shelf. That sounds about right. So, Yannick and Curtis, you guys don't buy any collectibles? With I mean, I don't. I'm always sem- somewhat tempted for franchises that I'm a big fan of, but like you know, then my senses like kick in. I'm like, hey, I'm not gonna spend $120 for a figure to come with this game. I really just want to play the game, and this thing's gonna collect dust. But you did spend 12 bucks on a mug. Uh, well, but I use the mug every day. It's what mug? I got a Diablo 3 mug, and it's black and white, so it matches the branding of. Oh, is it the color changing one? No, no. It's, it's just uh, it's just a standard mug, ceramic. It's <laughs> just a standard, standard mug. Uh, it's, you know, it's color. nice. It's 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 smooth. It's it's got a good shape to it. It's got a nice handle. Yeah, my question is: Is it like when you put? I don't know. I know you don't arrow press anymore. You've evolved far beyond right. that. But with the arrow press, does it fill the cup all uh, the way? Is it? Would you say it's like a big mug? It's, a, it's your it like standard. A what is a standard mug? Ten ounces. <laughs> you, you know, you know, like a, a ten or twelve. You know, like a diner mug. Like they all hold yeah. the same amount. Yeah. It's ten to twelve ounces. Yeah, I think. I know, but some mugs for me, you know, they get into the. Uh, apparently, it looks like on their website it's twelve ounces, but uh, it, they get for me that thing where. You know, some diner mugs have the thickest oh, yeah. mug, and I don't like that. They're yeah. like designed not to break or something. Right, and uh, I think they're they absorb and like maintain the heat better when there's more there. Um, but no, it's a relatively thin mug, which I like. It, I just like the way it looks. It says Diablo three on it, and it's black and, and white. And that's the only like collectible you ever own. Like, knowing how big of a video game fan you are. Uh, Big of a video game well, no, I have a, a a pair of Gears of War two pajama pants. I have okay. uh, well, that's fancy. Okay, <laughs> nice. uh, necessary. Okay. Ryan once bought me a Gears of War Dom action figure. I don't even. Oh, I think that was during the period where we were playing it yeah. co-op a lot. Yeah. Like you were my Dom. Right. Yeah, man, that was a great game. Razor hell. <laughs> uh, can we please play Gears Four? Like, yeah, I know I did buy it, and I... then I played it once, and I feel so bad. Uh, so I will do that. But no, I, I'm trying to think if I have anything else I've bought, and nothing comes to mind. So, hmm. yeah, I, I guess no. And he didn't. I bought the mug, and he squared cashed me because I needed to get to hundred dollars for free shipping. Right. Well, here's what happened is I had just broken my other mug and Sandy was like, you want anything? And then she linked one of the mugs. I was like, you know what? I do need a new mug. I'll check out and pick up a mug because Sandy's already ordering shit from the Blizzard store. So Curtis is really about just usability, not really just having right, convenience. Toilet. I'm all about yeah. the convenience. <laughs> like I need a mug. Oh, well, I mean, I'm on the Blizzard store. Might as well get a mug. Right. Um, <laughs> the shipping uh, was free because Sandy had gone over the minimum, you know, just made it made the convenience. Yeah. For- well, this is like, Sandy, you were saying, or was it you, Yannick, this is actually 
a huge, huge industry. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, if you want to ask me, I've, I've only been into collectibles since I got a salary because I don't think... <laughs> I, uh, I don't think before it was just me trying to collect all the Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon cards and then eventually buy the video games, but then I th I never thought that I could justify any other purchase to my parents. So, um, since I moved, since I got a job here in New York and since I got a desk that felt kind of empty uh, and with my... I feel like every time Curtis is on the show, I talk about Destiny, but um, <laughs> I, I collected, most of my collectibles are Destiny related. Uh, so I have those engrams. I have a, uh, looks like a big block, um, mega blocks, um, Destiny statue oh, yeah. thing, and uh, a few pins. Um, most of them I purchased because there was some charity. Um, there was some charity campaign. So anything you would buy on a bungee store, um, would go to charity that day. Um, so that's when I got like $35 and so on and so forth. But it never goes above $30. Like I've, I've cringed over the uh, Reaper statue that is $200 worth that Sandy has and Sandy, I hate you for it. But I, I've, it's I only never... $150. $150 now. Okay, well, maybe, maybe that makes the difference. But I hardly put more than $50. Like Actually, on one item, I have a hard time putting more than $20, $25 on one item. I connect with what you said, Curtis, about franchises because this is a thing where, like, for me, I, I've i gotten mostly when I buy Halos, I'll get the Collector's Edition. Or Gears of Wars, I've always gotten the Collector's Edition, except for this last one because they made me buy it digitally. To get so, the you guys, so you guys get those collector's edition for the toy and collectible inside? Like, how many of you are actually like, I'm not going to No, get that's the... actually really stupid to me. Yeah. No, like, I get... <laughs> no! no the, the, <laughs> the collector's editions that I have, for the most part, were um, the Bioshock one that came with a Big Daddy. Uh, I got really upset that I missed the first one, so I got the second one. And it came with uh, posters and prints and art books, behind the scenes... Uh, how they made the game, the soundtrack. For the longest time, I had the Bioshock ringtone, and it would scare the hell out of everybody because they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this song is great. You don't like it? What? <laughs> um, but this all pretty much did start with Blizzard and Bioshock. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, and this is one thing as well that we've seen, a trend that we've seen in the last couple of years, right? is that the video game editors themselves are handling their own online stores. Uh, there are many companies, third party, that are independent companies that create toys, but where we see the trend evolving and what we see the industry leading is when the, um, the video game developers like really invest and really use the franchise at its, you know, the, the, um, at its best and really try to use it uh, fulfill like use the franchise the the potential of it and make physical goodies that people can really involve their passion in and purchase and offer to people and 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 have on their on their desk and everything um, well this makes so much sense right because what was it a couple of years ago or even this past year GameStop purchased ThinkGeek in order to get in on this sort of collectibles business probably because they're a little bit worried about their video games business but check check this out. So I went to GameStop's website to read their quarterly earnings, uh, the actual business of GameStop, which is kind of bizarre when you go check it out. But um, here's the gaming business update. I'm just going to read the bullet points here from their quarterly earnings call. Their new hardware sales decreased 30%. 
uh, 30.3%. And strong sales of recently released hardware, such as the NES Classic, were offset by a greater than expected decline in PlayStation 4 and Xbox One hardware sales. Um, video game software for them this past quarter decreased 22.8%. This is all year-over-year numbers. Pre-owned sales um, outpaced new software, but they were down 7.9%. And here's their non-physical gaming business update. Uh, Driven by an assortment of Pokemon products, collectible sales increased 27.1% to $176.9 million with year-to-date of a guidance of 450 to $500 million they expect to make this year. Collectible stuff. And technology brands, um, which include cell phones and all those sort of thing, expanded by 44% to $192 million. So GameStop is making less and less money from video games and more and more money from toys, socks, action figures, and it... It seems that way, doesn't it? Because when you go into a GameStop now, the first half of the store is buy some plastic shit, and the rest of it is now kind of like, oh yeah, we've got, we've got these things too. Which is so weird because if it weren't for the games, you wouldn't want any of the other stuff. Yeah, the way I started collecting toys, uh, I used to work for Afeo Schwarz, which is an iconic toy store in New York City, and they're gone at the moment, but they're still around, kind of online. But what they had, um, they had an entire section of just urban toys. So you take your toy, it's it, your canvas, it's your artwork. That's kind of what you, what you do with them. The brands that I really liked were Kid Robot, NACA. NACA is uh, short for National Entertainment Collectible Association. And they had movie licenses, video game licenses, then Disney got involved in like the urban toy trend and then it kind of just evolved from that there's already a brand i'm invested in they're making toys and things i like uh i was playing team fortress 2 with aria and there were a bunch of naked figurines and i'm like i have to have them i have to have the blue and i have to have the red and then it just spiraled out of control mm-hmm. no, it definitely did. borderline hoarder it definitely <laughs> did spiral way out of control for you uh, <laughs> no i mean I, th- I think it's cool that y- you can like decorate your desk with with all these things that sort of express the types of games that you're into and while those aren't necessarily that valuable to me i guess the, the few things that i do have or have had like the mug uh the gears of war pajama pants which are extremely comfortable i've had hoodies for various games t-shirts i think for me it was always like a usable or wearable thing that sort of is just expressing that like oh yeah i'm a fan of this game whereas if i buy like a figurine and keep it up on like a shelf at home like no one's really ever going to see that and it doesn't provide that sort of value to me yeah i agree it's so weird like pop vinyls for example i feel like are the type of toy like almost hand designed for adults Mm -hmm. uh, because they don't really articulate in any sort of good slash meaningful way they're not like action figures they're just kind of they look best in their package Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and a few years ago they were hard to find and now they're like everywhere and with the uh yannick shared with us the the second flood 
the second flood, the second wave of Overwatch pops. And they have a whole list of like, here's what we're getting. By the way, here are those variants and here's where you can get them. And I ran to GameStop and pre-ordered USA McCree. I think, um, well, first of all, I remember when my brother uh, back in France in 2008 tried to uh, build a store, a video game store back in my hometown. And uh, one of the things that he learned from his experience working in one of those Best Buy before he started his own business was that the most profit you get is definitely from A, accessories, and two, collectibles and figurines and and kind of like side sure. stuff, or, uh, like aside from the video game itself, the margin is way bigger when you manage to sell collectibles and everything. So he managed to get some partnership with distributors that were giving him pretty exclusive uh, imports from Japan and like figures and really, really cool stuff. Uh, in small sets, he had probably one or two of it of each uh, at a, a many price range, but the, m- the margin would get that's where he would make his money he said you know i'm not making much money selling games i'm making money selling accessories and figures and and stuff like that and the point i see and the trend i see going here because reading the kodak kotaku article maybe ryan you're going to mention it later uh but um mike fai did a, a a really good article on the state of toys in 2017 and and what i take from this and what i can sense from it is that with those franchises and the way uh, the video game studios are branding them, a lot of people are right now in the pop culture are way more and more comfortable and way more and more and more proud to identify with franchises and heroes, not only in movies anymore, not only in books, but in video games. Um, we see that with Overwatch, of course, but um, I see that with like so many franchises that I've never even played myself. And back in the days, it was either you could see toys around Dragon Ball Z because everybody knew about a Dragon Ball Z. But now it's we're gonna they're gonna embrace that hyper hyper like fragmented market and just reach the people that play Mass Effect and release that pop figure for Mass Effect people like fans. And then they will do that for the Overwatch. And then they will do that for the Destiny people and so on and so forth. And um, and that's really where you see a change is that there is right now a a figure for everyone, whereas in the past it would be for DC Comics, for Transformers, for Pokemon, and now we see it going all over the place. I guess it's it's a huge industry. It's getting bigger. Are there ever times where you feel, I mean, maybe not you, Sandy, burnt out by it? Like, <laughs> Sandy, do you ever go, is there ever, like, a toy that comes up that you go, I, I really don't need this thing, or, like, as long as it's a relatively connected franchise, if they came out with, like, you know, Pokemon Cheerios tomorrow, are you going to go and get them? Long <laughs> uh, well, Wudo is one of the shapes. Yeah, and it's got marshmallows. Uh, no, I mean, there. I have felt burnt out. Uh, I did have a subscription box. I had several subscription boxes. I had uh, Loot Crate, Loot Crate Gaming. I had the Funko Pop Marvel Edition. I had the Funko Pop Star Wars Edition. And it got to become too much because then I was starting to acquire things I didn't want and get things from franchises I didn't want. I know what I like. I know what the things that I want to have. And it was just becoming, it was just getting to the point where I don't want this. I don't play this game. There's no benefit in me having this. I like the Overwatch stuff because I love that game. I love playing it. I love Blizzard. Uh, I have a bunch of Street Fighter stuff, 
And the reason why we have that is because Arya's really into it. I enjoy it. It's one of the first games I remember playing as a kid at a laundromat. And it's something that's very nostalgic to me. So I'm going to keep buying that kind of stuff. And we've actually, we've gone from $10 pop vinyls to $50 kid robot figurines to a $400 statue that's being handmade and hand-painted. So there, there is a progression to like what we really like. And that happened with StarCraft. With StarCraft, I capped out. I bought Aria $500 Jim Rayner. And I haven't bought anything else StarCraft related because the game's pretty much done. Wait and, a bit. <laughs> and you mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned, Sandy, that's funny that you mentioned that because I, I look at um, Boogie to 98 almost monthly. He releases because he has a partnership. He, he unboxes uh, the loot crate that he receives. And there is like now there's many uh, verticals. You can get a regular loot crate. You can get the loot crate HD, which is a bigger one with bigger items and a bit more money to put in it. I would buy um, a loot crate if it was just gaming, like a is, subscription service that was guaranteed to send me like awesome kick-ass design t-shirts. Yeah, right. Games. So that's the thing. Sometimes they put stuff that are right. meh, and that's really where I never really managed to purchase it. But sometimes there's that one item that justifies the whole price. And, um, and sometimes, I don't know, just, sometimes it, it, it does. It just so it just shows that today there's many there's a demand, and there's a demand that gets fulfilled by many ways and many price range. You mentioned so many price range, Sandy, and and uh, and that's great because uh, for me, I'm also new and I'm I'm showing interest. Also, because, and I want to ask you that, Ryan, I mean, I, I, I appreciate the creativity and I appreciate the artist's work. And it's usually never a rip-off when you buy those toys. I mean, sure. I, that's what I like. It's, it's, it's good material. Even if you put your little $10, it's going to be well-painted. Um, it looks cute and it looks, you know, it looks cool when you touch it and you look at it. And it's, it's something that you're happy to see. Um, grabbing dust, you know. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> get worse. It it just looks good. That's the other thing. Like the collectibles market, in terms of these pop vinyls being collectible, they're not. They mass produce them. It's it's just a a title that they put on them to like grow the demand. I was gonna say a collectible really... now just literally means you can collect it. <laughs> like you have the ability to. Yeah. yeah, but like a true collectible would be, let's say, one of like the DC comics from before World War II when they were destroying paper because they needed to reuse it. That's a true collectible because it's something that wasn't meant to survive, but it has survived and has gained some kind of value. All the stuff I have now, I know it's crap. I know I paid way too much for, for some of these things yeah. because I know the, the cost of manufacturing and making it. I'm willing to pay it because I want it, and it's I'm a, I'm a goofball, I guess. And, um, what our favorite and one of the numbers to you're not the only sucker i we have numbers for you guys and the the, the collectible market grew by 33 percent last year uh with uh 1.8 billion that's in sales. overall and, and 2017 just looks and that's overall all you know all toys related to um i'm pretty sure to, like related to you know like anything not just video games but it's just like collectibles and toys like this um but it's but it's yeah it's 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 growing and uh, I don't know if you have that document I know I cannot access it but Ryan do you have the numbers from the the consumer spending I think in video games it was something around the ten fifteen percent of like when people are consuming uh, in the game industry ten or fifteen percent of their spending is dedicated to um, to collectibles or to physical 
merchandise. I mean, that's that's wild. That's wild to me, and I, that sounds right. I think based on the, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, it seems like collectibles are are regardless of what we'd like to think here to stay. I wonder if the increase in collectibles is part of like the the overall cost of a video game is going down you know it's been $60 for so long it hasn't really started to rise with inflation so if you're going to spend like a set amount of your income on video games and video games continue to cost the same amount ignoring season passes and all that then maybe you have some leftover money for collectibles that's true yeah there is an incentive here where of course, um, your wages have to raise. You just too. You just, <laughs> oh. you give me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're it's all rich on this to, podcast. It's, it's just a way to. <laughs> <laughs> what is sixty dollars yeah. anyway? We spent five hundred dollars on Jim Rayner figures. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was for my fiance <laughs> because I love no, him. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do want to say that I'm gonna buy more this year than the other years before because I'm. We're passionate. We're passionate people, and doing that podcast also makes me more passionate. So I wanna, I wanna decorate my life accordingly. You know what I mean? And Sandy is just a, such a peer pressure, you know, peer pressuring person that it's hard to resist. That's you true. know, I'm an enabler, and because the thing is, like, <laughs> I'll get duplicates of stuff, and then I'm like, what am I gonna do with like three Diablos? Like Give Curtis, you want this Diablo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Why don't I ever get them? But I've done that with my brother also. Like a. One of the loot gamings that I is a little wolf from the Capcom game Okami, uh, Okami, something. Ah, but it was a little wolf, and I was like, I don't like this game. I don't want this. I gave it to my brother. I'm like, here, you want it? And he's like, oh yeah, cool, thanks. You're the best sister ever. And I'm like, I know. Well, I mean, how many people are going to refuse one of these things at the low, low price of free? That's true. That's true. Is there any? Is there any collectible, Sandy? From one of your favorite franchises, let's let's say Bioshock, that you just wouldn't buy. How ridiculous would it have to be? There is a collectible on Irrational's website right now, and I I spent five hundred dollars on the Jim Rayner statue. They have a. It was a gift, though. That was a gift. Great excuse. They have. Um, it was a gift. It lives on my Starcraft shelf. Um. It's a big daddy statue with a little sister, and I keep staring at it. It's like five hundred. It's not five hundred. It's four hundred and forty nine dollars. Um, I don't want it because the picture that they have is unfinished, so it doesn't have the full paint on it. Even though I know it's hand painted. Then the other thing that Irrational Games had for Bioshock Infinite was the the bottles like replica bottles of all the powers that you could use in Bioshock Infinite. And they were really, really pretty bottles, like handmade, like the entire process. I know how they did it and it's extremely complicated, but then it, it's made out of resin. So I'm like, I know how much resin costs. Like you can't really pull the wool on over my eyes on that one. And each bottle was like $200, $300. And like, I can't justify the cost for that replica I just, I just couldn't, so I didn't. Oh, I mean, you heard it at first. Like, Sandy actually is gonna make a, a decision on, on not buying a, a collectible. <laughs> 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 <Just kidding. laughs>
twice. Give it to us all again. All right. <laughs> that does it for us this week. You can listen to every single episode of this show, unless you're Curtis, for free at pixelsweekly.com. <laughs> I didn't get the password. <laughs> we didn't give them the, we didn't share with them the password for free episodes. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram where we're doing all sorts of cool custom side content uh, at Pixels Weekly on Instagram. We're at PixelsCast on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thank you, everybody. Thanks for being on the show, Kurt. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Love you. And until next time. Adios. Au revoir. Um, he did. He <laughs> he good, good luck. And Godspeed. We'll see you next week. <laughs>